On the eighth day of Christmas, my baby hit on me. Every time he's a lady. Which happens to be part two of the Thug series by Wahida Clark. Welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour, guys. I am your host slash cousin, Eric of the Bibliophile. And like I said, we are here for part two of the Thug series. And this book is Every Thug Needs a Lady. Let's go. The ladies are sitting around and they're talking, drinking, and smoking. It's Kier's baby shower and, you know, she just sent all the guests home. And now they're toasting to their accomplishments. You know, they're almost done with school and everybody's going to be practicing their careers. And Angel is going to be a corporate and entertainment attorney. Roz is a physical and respiratory therapist. Jazz is a scientist. And she has five offers from different graduate schools. And Kira is still working towards becoming a psychiatrist. <clears throat> or is it? No, psychologist. I'm sorry. So the girls are asking Raj, you know, like, what's this guy's name? Because they're listening to music and Sis is just singing a little too hard to Deborah Cox. Nobody's supposed to be here. So it's just like, she grooving, talking about turn that up. Oh, this song means so much. And it's just like, okay, Sis, what, what man got you twisted like this? And she says Trey, and everybody just knows who that is. And they're like, what? Ain't that um, Nakaya's homeboy? And he's a thug. And that's like the running thing with this thug series that kind of gets on my nerves. It's just like they talk so bad about thugs, and I want to be with a thug, and I entertain a thug. But they all ended up with one. But we're going to get to that later. <clears throat> So, yeah, Trey has been trying to get with her for a while, but she's hesitant and not really feeling it it because, like I said, he's homeboy with somebody named Nakaya, and he's a thug, and she has sworn off thugs. Nakaya used to be Roz's man, but he just got sentenced to 12 years in prison, and, you know, they had been together for five years, and the last two of those years... You know, she's been visiting him in jail, making those trips, basically holding him down. But that all changes one visit when she sees him hugged up and kissing on another woman. And he's also rubbing this woman's big pregnant belly. So she doesn't, quote unquote, act a fool. She walks over calmly to confront them. And, you know, she introduces herself to the woman and saying, like, do you know he already has a woman? And, you know, who are you? And Nakaya just asks her, you know, what difference does it make that she know who you are or not? Or who she is? He tells her the woman knows that she's his woman and he takes care of her. And so Roz leaves telling him that she's through And she says, I'm glad I didn't keep your babies. So, you know, that upsets him. Like, you had an abortion, and he tries to go after her. But, of course, he's in prison. So the guards, like, tackle him, and she gets to walk away. And, you know, he keeps calling, but she's not entertaining him whatsoever. They are done. So how does Trey fit in? 
Nakaya had Trey bringing her money, you know, and one day he just asked her if she know how to braid hair. And when she says yes, he asked her to braid his hair. So now he uses that as an excuse, you know, to pop up on her and spend time with her. And Rob says that she's not trying to get caught up in the thug life anymore. She basically lost her whole family and she's been caught up before. So, you know, this surprises the girls and they actually, you know, why haven't you told anyone? Like, why you ain't tell us this? We supposed to be best friends. And that's another thing. All of them have different stories where they have gone through so much, but they don't tell each other. But they're supposed to be the best of friends. And, you know, like they so tight and they got each other's back. But it's like y'all are 20 to 23. Yeah, 20 to 23. And y'all really don't know too much about each other. It's like secrets popping out any and everywhere. And it's because they didn't like they didn't want to be embarrassed and they didn't want to tell anybody. So Roz's response is the same reason she didn't tell anybody she was cooking meth. And that humble jazz real quick, because it's just like, sis, you had no reason to be cooking meth. Your man had plenty of money. Anything you wanted or needed, he could have made it happen. But you did that on the sly. And her excuse was she wanted to retire her parents. But it's just like, girl, what? Her grandparents, my bad, not her parents. And so Angel asks, you know, we turn to jazz, like, what is the status of her case? Because it's like... Since you out and about, last time we heard you was getting 17 years. What happened to that? So Jazz says that Fahim paid a sentencing lawyer to make sure she didn't start her sentence until after she had the baby. Then she has to self-surrender herself. So that's good. She gets to spend time, you know, on the outside. And, but that's messed up though. Because it's like, after you have your baby, what you get to spend one or two days in the hospital and then you have to give your well you know give your baby to your boyfriend and then you're just off to jail for 17 years so we get into Roz's story and her real name is Rosalind but she just goes by Roz is when she was younger and when they first met each other the Roz, Jazz, and Kira were in the eighth grade, and Angel was in the ninth. And Roz moved from Chicago to New Jersey, which is where they stayed now. And it was because human services had took her and her siblings from her parents. Her parents were, you know, crackheads. They were strung out on drugs. And Roz had started selling crack at the age of 10. And at that point, she was running around with her 15-year-old cousin, and then they began to smoke crack, and they got strung out as well. So by 12, she was being raped and paid to have drugs. And like I said, I'm going to keep saying this. If there's any sexual contact between an adult and an underage child, it's rape. Because the book says, you know, she was prostituting herself, but she's 12 years old. She can't be a prostitute. She's being raped and molested you know and so her nine-year-old brother was murdered he was holding work for a dealer but their mom found it and smoked it and so of course when the dealer comes back looking for his work and all this little boy has to say is he lost it 
the dealer blew his brains out. And so after that, that's when they were taken and her parents were arrested. And they were sent away for a long time. So first they were in foster care. Then Roz was taken to a group home for teenage substance abusers. And it's just like, you know, that's some hard stuff to deal with. But at that point, you know, she had gotten clean. I'm assuming she met them. And, you know, like everything was different then. And so all the girls are talking about their careers and if they're moving because the conversation it starts with Angel, because, you know, she says that she's moving to New York from Jersey. And it's like, they, that might not seem like a move, but I've heard a lot of people who live in New York and New Jersey say that's quite a travel time. So either you live in one city or you live in the other. Roz is, may move to California or wherever the best demographic is for her, because she's going to be working with athletes, you know, as a physical therapist, but she's waiting to hear back from someone like she's waiting on a call and Kira, you know, it's already been confirmed that her and Marvin are moving to Cali, you know, and she's about to have a baby. And Jazz says that her and Fahim are either, either moving to LA, Texas or Cali as well. And I, when I first read this, you know, I was like, I hope they don't move to Cali. Cause like, if everybody's just moving to the same place, they might as well just stay in New York City and California. And anyway, so Trey pops up on Roz, who he likes to call Tasha or Tosh, because that's her middle name. And it also starts with a T. So it's a T to match his T. And I was just like, that is so corny, but cute at the same time. And, you know, he calls her up once again to braid his hair and to invite her out on a date to a concert in which he says, you know, he'll take her shopping and, you know, she'll just spend the day with him. So she tells him, you know, talk to me later because eight in the morning is too early for her. And I was just like, what? That's like half my day. Like, what did you talk about? Eight? <laughs> like, you know, whatever. But he pops up on her anyway. And you know, she's like, why are you here? And you know, what are you doing here? And he's just like, you know, I'm trying to get closer to you and I'm not going to let this go. So he tells her to go get dressed, which she does all while trying to say, you know, I have something else to do today. I can't go. But it's like, so sis, why did you go get dressed? Like you're doing exactly what he's telling you to do all while trying to fake resist. And so on the trip from Jersey to New York, they're talking about themselves and Trey isn't just a drug dealer. He has a bachelor's degree and he has plans to own his own marketing and public relations firm. So it's just like, yeah, he's a drug dealer right now, but there's a reason for that. He plans on flipping that money and making stuff, making something of himself, which is so admirable because it's just like, if I could be a drug dealer, I would you know, if, if it led to making big money, I don't want to be no nickel and dime. I want to do what Trey doing. (laughs) Anyway, so he has two extra tickets for the concert and, you know, they've spent the day together, I should add. And it's like three o'clock, almost four o'clock in the morning. 
and when he tells her that he has the extra ticket and is there anybody that she knows that may want it so she thinks of jasmine and she calls her to ask her if she wants them but fahim answers the phone and she's like fahim and he says you saying my name as if another man could be answering this phone but it's like when you're dealing with a thug and a drug dealer you're not used to them being at home so he's like you know I and she's like this is Roz he's like I know your voice but it's four o'clock in the morning very big brother and I I mentioned it because I thought it was cute it's just like you know they not really blood related but he's looking out for it like what are you doing out at almost four o'clock in the morning so she tells him that you know I'm out with Trey and then she doesn't say anything to like gauge his reaction so Fahim tells her to pass the phone and he tells Trey that he better come correct you know treat my sister how you treat me and I always love that because it's like I know a lot of people use brother and sister in the wrong terminology but I love genuine friendships that turn into family you know what I mean so it's just like this is really my brother ain't nobody creeping around with each other nothing like that and, you know, but Trey promises that he only has good intentions. You know, he going to look out for her. He going to give her the world. And he trying to get, like, Fahim. Because Fahim is out of the game. But, you know, he still run his life as if he's a part of it. So he's just telling him, you know, you got the best hand. I'm trying to get like you right now. And, you know, Fahim asks him, how long is that going to take? And he's like, I'm so close. I can taste it. So it's about to be over real soon. So when they get off the phone, you know, Trey is still talking to Roz about giving him a chance. And then they make a bet that if he makes her come in the next 24 hours, she has to give him a chance. But if he doesn't, then he'll buy her whatever she wants. And she chooses a Benz. And he's like, a Benz? She's like, you heard what I said? You're going to buy me a car. So, of course, you know, she gets all dolled up. Um, I forgot to mention when they went shopping, he has a tailor. So, you know, they went to the tailor and the tailor made him a suit to match her dress. So, you know, when they go out, they all fly and whatever. And he wins the bet. And Roz is still just, you know, she's not with it, but she agrees at the same time because she's feeling him like that's without a doubt she wants him she likes him it's just the fact that he's a quote-unquote thug that has her soul just in her feelings about this so she goes to the bathroom to get herself together and when she comes back there's three women standing in Trey's face and she almost fights one because she had called Trey's house earlier when they were at his house and she was begging Trey to take her to the concert and Trey tells her you know you ain't got it like that no more and so when the girl calls her the flavor of the month you know that starts something but Trey holds her back you know they leave and this causes an argument because that was one of the things she was afraid of she's like you know I'm not trying to be one of however many women you got. And I'm also not trying to be fighting these bitches out here over you. So it's just like, I knew I shouldn't have did this. But they quickly make up because Trey once again promises, you know, it ain't nothing. It ain't none of that. It's all about you. It's your world. I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. (laughs) 
Four days later, Roz is giving him keys to her her house and is like baffling how quickly this is moving. But anyway, um, when she comes downstairs, there's a guy standing outside the door and his name is Kay. And he tells her, you know, Trey's right over there in that truck. Hey, how you doing? And he's really annoyed that they stopped because they almost have 200, uh, 200 K of kilos in the car. And this nigga Trey wants to stop for a booty call. So he got to sit on the steps, you know, while they fucking in the car. So now Roz is out in Philly with Angel and two of Angel's classmates because, you know, they just want to party. And they stop. No, not stop. They go through, when they get to the club, you know, she sees Trey. And, you know, at first she's just like playing the background, trying to watch him to see if he's doing anything sneaky. But then she like she has Angel watching him for her. And Angel, like, she gets caught because Trey's looking at Angel and then he looks over at Roz. And so he comes over and tells her, you know, this ain't no place for you. And she's like, why? Because you here? And he's like, nah, because I'm moving work up in here and I'm telling you it ain't safe for you to be here. So you and your girls, like, y'all got to go. And um, she tells him, you know, I can't do that. I rode with other friends. I didn't plan on you know, running into you and this being that type of party. So he sends her home, her and Angel, you know, like they ride together in his truck. And Angel wants to be introduced to Kay. So Roz introduces Angel to Trey and Kay at the same time. And Angel gets her little Mac on, like she the one that tell Kay to come over. She get his number. She get a kiss. She tells uh, Kay, I want you to have my babies. And he like, damn, I thought I was supposed to be doing all that. Because it do seem like she coming on a little bit strong. But she like, I beat you to it. Like, I want you. So what's up? So the next morning when Angel calls Tasha, you know, she was asleep. And she's like, the news. Like, girl, have you seen the news? And that same club that they were in last night, four people were killed and nine were injured. So Tasha is panicking. She's calling Trey, but he doesn't answer. And, you know, she's just worried the whole day. But then this leads her back again to her justification of not wanting thugs, not wanting to deal with them. You know, she's justified after this. If she finds out he's okay, it's over. He doesn't call her back until seven o'clock that night like what's up I'm just seeing your page you all right and she's like no I'm not all right I've been looking for you you know I've been calling hospitals the police and I've called and paid you multiple times you could have picked up the phone at least once and just said yo it's hot out here but I'm all right and we could have been done so she tells him you know it's over come pick up your keys um and drop mine off, you know, we done. So, you know, she just goes on and on about how no more thugs for her. This is over and done with. And Trey still doesn't make it to her place until like 11 o'clock that night. And she's like, you know, your keys are over there. Goodbye. And it's just like, 
what what do you want from me, Tasha? I'm trying because, you know, he calls her Tasha. And that's going to get me confused. I just want to forewarn anyone listening. I'm going to go back between Roz and Tosh. But um, so she's like, he's like, what more do I have to do? You know, I'm basically doing all this stuff for you. And, you know, like, I'm not out here being a player how you know, like how you think I am, not how you know how you think. And so she says, I'm going to take your word and trust you. But if I ever find out you fucking around, I'm out and I don't want to hear no excuses. You only got one time for me to catch you in any mess. So Trey, you know, basically spit some game to her in a Marita excerpt from the book, two different excerpts. So he says, all right, then one plan to another. How can a nigga keep his dick hard long enough for you to come three, four times? That shit ain't easy, Tasha. You think I'm out here poking bitches and getting sucked on day in and day out. Then come, t- they come home to you and you hollering. Trey, make me come again. Make me come real hard. That shit ain't happening. When I start giving some weak shit, then you need to start getting suspicious. That's rule number nine in the player handbook. I'm not supposed to be sharing this dick with nobody else. I'll be putting it down for you, ma. And he says, plus you ain't been burning. That's rule number seven. And then he says, do you think you could just run to the club and find a nigga crazy about you the way I am? The nigga will be paid. He'll want to provide for you. You know, you lucked up and found the whole package. So you need to calm down and stop trying to tell your man to leave you. So then, you know, she's like, you ain't the only player up in here. I got something too. So she says, first of all, I got my own money, but I spend yours. Rule number four. This is my house, but you and Nakaya at one point have been paying the note. Rule number six. That 2000 Beamer outside parked out front. I got the title. It's in my name and I didn't pay for it. And what year is this? 2000. Rule number nine. I got a good job and cash stash. I don't have to depend on y'all for nothing. Rule three. And she says, you know, I got your back and I uh, I won't mess around on you. So that makes having sex with me all the more better. So, you know, this is something that they can laugh and joke about. And now it's over and everything is all good. Nakaya calls while Roz is out. So Trey accepts the call and the charges and tells him there's nothing at this house for you at this number for you anymore. So don't call. I got you on a business tip, but as far as everything else goes, you know, don't call here no more. And Trey also answers when her job calls, telling them that she'll be out for the rest of the week. And when she asks why, you know, because she was just supposed to be taking the day off. They had agreed the night before she'll take the day off of work after she takes her exams. And he tells her, you know, we need to go away. I'm so stressed. I just need a little vacation and we can get to know each other better. So Trey gives her a tennis bracelet with the name Tasha written in diamonds, as well as a duffel bag filled with cash. That's like a pre-graduation present. And, you know, they go on their vacation. They have a good time. And on the flight back home, Roz tells him, you know, about her childhood trauma and all the things that happened. And he tells her, damn, that's a lot. But 
I love you anyway. So, of course, this catches her off guard. But this is the first time that they're saying I love you to each other. And on the way to Roz's house, she's scrolling through his two-way pager, you know, while he's on the phone. And she had asked him when she picked it up because it kept, you know, going off. So she's like, you know, do you want me to go through this for you? And he nods. And she sees a message from another woman that just says, Trey, baby, what happened? So when he gets off the phone, she asks him, you know, what is this? He tells her to let it go. And she says, no, I'm not doing that. I'm about to call her. And he tries to snatch his two-way pager. And she's like, why? Why don't you want me to call her? He's like, I'm telling you right now, it ain't nothing and to let it go. But if you do call her, I'm kicking you out my car. She pays him no attention and she calls the woman anyway. And she's like, you know, what's up with you and Trey? And the girl is like, if I didn't know you, I would clown you for calling me. And she's like, you know, because when they got the names out the way, they realized they knew each other. And she says, you know, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't be calling you. I would just be meeting you somewhere to beat your ass. So what's up? And the girl confirms, you know, it's been a while. Trey told her that he would call and he never did. So she's just like throwing out the bait to see if he going to contact her. And when she hangs up, she tries to apologize, saying, you know, I'm sorry. I just had to see what's going on. Trey don't say nothing. He pulls the car over by the subway and he takes off her jewelry saying, you know, you don't need to have this on while you're on the subway. And she's embarrassed, but he said, I told you if you called her, I would kick you out my car. Because what if she lied? What if she told you, yeah, I'm fucking him. That's my man. What then? What would have happened? You would have been trying to dump me yet again. And, you know, she could have told you anything. You need to listen to me. Which is a double-edged sword. Because it's just like, nigga, you could be lying too. And that could be your side chick. So I need to fill out what's going on from both angles. And so even though he tells her that she's in the doghouse, he comes over one day and gives her a diamond butterfly necklace and he buys her a new car because he doesn't want her driving around in something that another man bought her. So I'm just like, shit, can I be in the doghouse and still get gifts, nice gifts at that? Because it's like, what's the point of the doghouse? I don't get sex? Okay. So after a week, Roz finally calls Trey and asks him to meet her somewhere so she can apologize, you know, in person. And at first he resists. He's like, you know, no, because he's still mad because he's like still stuck on what if she would have told you something else besides the truth? And she really don't have nothing to say. But then he agrees because he... He's going to use it to his advantage. So at the club, Tasha gives him roses and Trey tells her, you know, to make up to him, make it up to him. He wants a lap dance. So it's just like they go in their own little private corner and she does, you know, like she's dancing for him. and He's putting money up her skirt and then they go outside to have sex in the car. So now it's the night of Kira's graduation party. But her water broke. So, you know, of course, the party's off and everybody is rushing to the hospital to 
be with Kira as she has the baby. She has a baby girl. I want to say her name is Aisha. It's A-I-S-H-A, but I don't know. I just might call her Isha because I just, I don't, because you can blatantly look at a name and be like, oh, it's this. And then like you meet the person and they're like, no, you pronounce it like this. And it's like, damn. So I'm going to call her Aisha. And that's just that. So Roz and and Angel, I don't know why I was going to say jazz, are going out to celebrate, you know, their graduation and them moving on with their lives. But as they're passing a club, Tasha recognizes Trey's car, so she makes them stop. And going inside, you know, she sees him. She's like, let me holler at you, player. And he's like, what you doing here? And how do you always manage to know where I am? She told me, you know, don't worry about it. That ain't important. But I came by to tell you, you know, like, I'll be going out tonight if you do try to reach me because it seems like I'm the only one that's missing somebody. And this fool then tells her that she can't go because he's misses he's he misses her too. God. And he'll be coming over in an hour. And, you know, when she goes out to the car that she's in with her friends. Well, before we even get there, because when she came inside the club, you know, K, a.k.a. K. Lynn, because that's his full name. He's also there. And he asks Tasha, you know, who you got with you? And she tells him he's she's out in the car in this truck. So then when she comes outside, you know, like Kay got Angel about to ride with him. And then Tasha can't go. So she about to go back home. And then their other friend sees her man's car back there. So they have to drop her back off. So the girl's night turns into a complete disaster. And her friend, you know, kind of clowns on Tasha. It's just like, so now that you see him and you claim to not see him in days, you just ditching us. And she's like, yeah, what I look like going out to a party, clubbing and dancing when my man says that he's on his way home. But you also ain't heard from this man in like three to four days. So what's one more night? But, you know, hey, I don't know. And... Trey also notices that Roz has been eating a lot of strawberries and he thinks that she's pregnant. He's like, you know, I know pregnancy when I see it, basically, because he's like, you know, you've been eating a lot of strawberries. Uh, When we have sex, I can't go as deep as I used to. And then, you know, look at your chest. So basically, he's just a doctor. But when she goes to the doctor... He's actually right. She's six weeks pregnant. And she's very upset about this because it's just like, you know, I'm not ready for kids. I hadn't planned on doing this with you. And he basically tells her, you know, just trust me and have my baby. So she agrees. Ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own. Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. 
Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So Kaylin asked Angel to be his date to his birthday bash. She's having a big birthday party. But Angel's trying to be a fake Mac because she has Kaylin. Like, you know, they're trying to see where that goes. And she's also interning at a law firm. And she has a guy that she's dating there. But Kate, like, he ain't trying to hear all that. So she, he shows up to her house at 4 o'clock in the morning when she's getting ready for work and tells her, you know, I'll drop you off and I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you shopping, you know, drop some racks on you. And basically the same thing, you know, like, finds her outfit, then he goes to his tailor to match her outfit. And then they go out to dinner. And because it's raining so hard, he tells her, you know, you're just going to have to come back to my house because to drive all the way out to your house just don't make sense. And so back at his house, he tells her that he does have a son. His name is Malik. And that leads her to asking, when was the last time you made love to anybody? Like, I know you out here running around with these little chicken heads, but when was the last time you made love? And his response was his baby mother. So it's like, you know, I'm not just out here with any old body. Like, yeah, I get my rocks off, but it ain't like that. And, you know, it's also the thing of just give me a chance. You know, I got you. You ain't got to worry about nothing. And that leads to sex between them and them agreeing that they are now a couple. So at Caitlin's, Caitlin's, Caitlin's birthday party, Trey proposes and Roz says yes. But Nakaya is also there and she's been doing a good job of avoiding him because she doesn't want to talk to him. There's nothing to say to him. So, you know, it's just best that, yeah, we're going to see each other because we run in the same circles, but we ain't got to speak. We can just walk past each other. But of course, Nakaya can't let it go. So he approaches her and, you know, he's trying to talk to her and talk to Angel, but they both, like, ain't paying him no attention. Tasha actually has, like, her back to him, and he, like, gets up closer to her, and he kisses her, like, on the shoulder or on the neck. I didn't write specifically where, and Roz tells him, you know, get away from me. Don't touch me, and he says, I can't believe you killed my babies, but you're having his. And it's just like, that's not your business. Like, it's my body. I choose to do with it what I will. And he kisses her neck again. I think I misspoke. He didn't kiss her earlier. It was after, you know, him saying something about the babies. Then he kissed her neck and she took a liquor bottle and smashed it on his head. So that makes him mad, and he starts choking her out, and Angel and another party go it. Like, they're trying to get his hands from around her neck. And here comes Trey, Kay, and a few, you know, of their crew rushing over. So they start stomping Nakaya out, and Trey is so upset that he pulls out his gun. But Kay takes it and tells him, you know, nigga, there's so many witnesses around here. What you doing? So the next morning... Nakaya's mom leaves Tasha a voicemail letting her know that Nakaya's body was found hogtied in a dumpster and he had been beaten in the head with a blunt object. So Roz had begged him the night before not to kill him because it could result in him going to jail because, you know, everybody has saw what happened 
So if he winds up dead, of course, it's coming right back to them. So when she hears that, you know, she packs up her stuff and she leaves his house because she was staying at his house and she has changed her phone number. She changed the locks on her house and then she packs a suitcase and goes to her aunt house, aunt's house. So it's like, you know, even if he could get in, he has no way to contact her. She has completely shut him out. So Angel passes the bar. So Kira throws her, you know, a small party. And she had called Kaylin to see if he was coming, if him or Trey would be able to make it. But he tells her, no, you know, like they got some business and they'll have to celebrate a little later. Like he'll do something for her. But that's a lie. So she had called Ross telling her, you know, they said they're not coming. So can you please like be my friend and show up to my party to congratulate me? And she shows up. But, you know, they also show up. That was her surprise. And Kay gifts Angel a 2001 Lexus SUV (laughs) as a gift, you know, whatever. And Trey corners Roz in Kira's baby's room, you know, and they have words and he asks her, you know, are you still in love with me? And she says, I'm trying so hard not to. And it was just like, damn, that hurts. And Trey has to step out and he tells her, you know, please don't go anywhere because I want to talk. And she agrees. But as soon as he leaves, so does she, or she tries to, but Kay, you know, he sees her walking, and he like, come here, and she like, in a minute, and she tells Angel, you know, like, I'm leaving, which kind of hurt Angel's feelings, because she's like, you know, I swear, he told me they wasn't coming, I did not set you up, and it's, that's messed up, that you have to convince your friend like that, that you didn't set her up in that way, and so, when Kay sees she's not stopping, he yells off a tray, and basically like point like your girl is leaving so you might want to catch her so Trey finds her at the car or you know catches her in her car and asks her to get out she refuses like she starts the car and is about to put it in reverse but Trey shoots out one of the tires he's like I'm not playing get out the fucking car and he pulls her out and into his truck you know and he has to call for her car to be picked up whatever whatever but she apologizes, you know, basically it's like, I'm sorry, I miss you, I love you, but it's just like, girl, I literally had to shoot out a tire in your car to get you to stop playing. Like, I told you, ain't nothing gonna happen, I got this on lock, and that's another thing, like, these bitches, they too scary for me. Tasha breaks down more than a little bit. Every time one little thing happens, she's hysterical, and she just can't sit down somewhere. And it is annoying. And, you know, she says, she tells him, I find myself too in love with you. And sometimes I just need to pull back. And this pisses Trey off because he's like, what? I'm out here giving you my all. Just because you don't see me all the time don't mean I'm out doing dirt. And so while I'm giving you everything, you pulling back from me, that's what we doing? Let me know. Like, tell me right now if this is what we doing. Are you with me or not? Because... I'm not finna keep going back and forth with you. Like, I I literally had to hunt your ass down. And this is what you said. Like, you have to pull back. Okay. 
But she says, you know, I'm with you. They take a trip to Jamaica and they get married, which is blowing my mind because it's only been seven months, like since they have officially got together. So she's now pregnant. They're married in this short amount of time. So things are going good, you know, for a while. Then Trey sits Roz down in front of a briefcase that contains all the titles to his property, his cars, there's bank statements, pin numbers, combinations to all his uh, safes that he has like scattered about, as well as giving her power of attorney. And he tells her, if you don't hear anything from me in a few days, clean out all the safes except for the Philly apartment and store everything that you pick up in that apartment. So this takes Roz by surprise because she's like, you know, what are you about to do and why are you telling me this? But Trey insists that it's just in case and that he has to go because he and Kay are tying up loose ends. And he doesn't tell her anything and he just leaves. And she basically fights him, like, even trying to get out the door. He has to shake her off to leave. And she basically loses her mind. She breaks down. She rushes over to Fahim and Jazz's house, screaming for Fahim. She's like, you have to go get him. You have to. And it's just like, what is Fahim going to do? Because even though he's, like, the big brother of the group, he not running with Trey and Kay. Like, he don't know that man business like that. Where is he going to get him from? You don't even know where he went. And so all this excitement causes Jazz's water to break. And in return, Roz is bleeding. Angel doesn't find out they're gone until, you know, she gets the phone call to get to the hospital and Kay won't answer any of her calls and her text messages. And unfortunately, the same day that Jazz gave birth is the day that Tasha had a miscarriage. So almost three months later of not knowing anything, not hearing anything, Trey's cousin stops by with briefcases of money and a Mexico City newspaper. The article states that the Mexican authorities had received you know, uh, excuse me, they had received information that one of the biggest drug deals was going down on their turf. So they had informants in place and planned on making history by seizing 12.5 million of liquid cocaine in the cash to purchase it. However, the suspects were tipped off as well. So the deal didn't go down. And one of the informants is missing, as well as the coke and the money for the deal to go down. When the authorities approached two U.S. citizens slash suspects, Trey Macklin and Kaylin Santos, their search on them and their property turned up nothing. But firearms, the Mexican officials held, oh, it turned up nothing but firearms, like when they were searching for their properties. And the Mexican officials held them for over 60 days before expediting them to the U.S. while the investigation continues. And Trey's cousin tells them that the guys are in federal custody, you know, there in New York, and wants them to come see them tomorrow. 
So, of course, the first visits are very emotional and sweet. It's, oh, I miss you. I love you. And the guys look completely different. Trey now has a bald head. And I think uh, Kay has a low cut. And everything is great. But the next time that Angel goes to visit Kay, another woman shows up and shows out. And Angel fights both the woman and Kay. Kay swears that the woman isn't on his visit list, but Angel wants to check. She's like, show me his uh, visit log right now. I want to know. And if she's on there, it's over. So she has to pay to look at it. But she finds out that he's telling the truth and she feels dumb. But and she calls her calls his sister. And it's like, you know, he is relaying the message through his sister. He wants her out of his house. You know, he's done with her at this point. So she tries to go see him, but he refuses her visit. So, of course, you know, that really hurt her feeling. And it would hurt mine, too, because it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. And then you refuse my visit and tell me to get out your house? I think I would get out your house. Like, I'm just like, I wouldn't stay around, but she does. And she writes him a letter, you know, apologizing for her behavior and ask him to please call her or write her back but he still doesn't do it until a month later he calls her and it's only to tell her to pack him some clothes money and a cell phone and give it all to Tasha because they have court in the morning and may be released and this hurts her feelings she's like you know you're my man you don't think I would want to be there to see you And he basically, like, brushes it off. He's just like, can you do this for me or not? And she agrees. And the next morning when Tasha comes to get the stuff, she tells him, I mean, tells her to tell him that she's taking a cab to work and he better come pick her up or that house that he goes home to won't be there because she's going to burn it down to the ground. Anyway, they are free men. You know, free charges, nothing, uh... They found nothing, so there's nothing, you know, the charge no way. They're free, free and clear. And Kay has the driver that they have because for some reason they can't get into regular cars. They always have to have limos um, to drop him off at a jewelry store because he's planning to pick up an engagement ring. And that's why he didn't want Angel to come because, you know, he didn't want her to see him getting the ring. So they did it. Trey and Kaylin are out of the game, multimillionaires, and no charges. Kaylin goes to Angel's office with roses and the ring, but Angel also has a gift for him, and it's a ring as well, and she asks him to marry her, and he's like, you know, how are you going to flip the script on me? This is my move, you know, like, I'm your man. Basically, you know, like, there are rules, which is true, because I don't care how forward we get and you know how people are trying to break rules it's like if I get married to a man at least I'm not doing the accent like you are gonna ask me so if at some point if I feel like this relationship ain't moving fast enough and you ain't asked I'm just gonna move on to the next person but I will never ask a man to marry me so anyway we have the epilogue which Marvin and Kira like they moved to Cali and they got married. Fahim and Jazz also got married and they went to the ATL. Jazz's case was thrown out, so she's completely off the hook. 
And Trey and Tasha also moved to Cali, and they have twin boys. So in the back of the book, there are reading group discussion questions. And so I'm going to read them and, you know, give you guys my answers to them. So the first question is, do you know of any young girls who had it as hard as Roz, a.k.a. Tasha, growing up? And if so, were they able to turn their lives around? As hard as she had? No, I haven't. Or they haven't told me that they've had it that bad. I've never known any young kid that was on drugs was raped for money to then get said drugs and then, you know, like your parents are taken away from you and you have to move even further up north to a different place. Question two, was Trey and Tasha in violation for forming a relationship? And if so, who was to blame? I think I forgot to mention that I did. I did not mention it one time when I was reviewing the book. Trey says that he and Nakaya, they're not friends. They were business partners, you know, so he had no loyalty to him as far as respecting his relationship. And he made sure that it was done and over with. So it's like nobody was in violation. Like Tasha really didn't want the relationship, but there was no one to blame. Like these are two consenting adults and they decided to go forward and you know, they ended up married with two twin boys. Question number three. All of the men were quote unquote thugs. Do you think they have what it takes to stay legit or will they jump back into the game? I think if, well, it depends on like how deep you are in the game. Cause it's like, if you're a boss, once you're in, you're in. If you're a little petty corner dealer you know selling nickel and dime bags you can go legit if you want to but as far as men of their status you never really get out at some point even if you think you're out you have to get back in because there's always loose ends they're never completely tied up so yes I do think they will jump back in the game question four after all of Trey's and Tasha's drama are they ready for a baby? No. And as far as, you know, when it comes to dealing drugs and being a part of the drug world, I don't think children should be involved anyway. And that's just my opinion. Because it's just like, Trey, as far as, because he wanted a baby real bad, but it's like, even with y'all two just in a relationship, you're never home. So why do you want this little being here so bad you're not even going to be here to take care of it money ain't gonna solve anything so it's just like you're so ready to have a baby just to say you have one but you're not going to do anything with it so no they weren't ready for a baby and Tasha she she don't need to have kids either she's just too sporadic I just need her to chill question five do you think Trey killed Nakaya of course he did It's like that man approached a woman, he kissed her like out in public at the party, and then he was trying to choke her out. Trey felt disrespected, 
he almost killed him right at the party, but Kaylin had to take the gun away from him. So it's like, and as soon as he dropped Tasha off, he went right back out, you know, right back out the house. So of course he went and killed him. That's no question. Even though he told her that he didn't, he's like, you know, no, I ain't kill him. I ain't touch him. I ain't talk to him. You know, you could chill out. I ain't did nothing. So ain't nothing for you to worry about. But like I said, Tasha is always crying and screaming. And that's enough. Like, I wonder why he want to be with her so bad. Cause he swore like she was a down chick. She held it down. But it's like, that come with a lot too. It comes with her always worrying, always screaming, always crying. Like I can't move how I want to move. If I'm constantly worried, you about to pass on and faint somewhere when every little thing go down. Like, either you with it or you ain't. During Trey and Tasha's altercation, did he go overboard when he shot the tire and bit her cheek? Oh, yeah. I didn't mention that either. So, after he shot out her tire and pulled her out the car is when she was like, you know, I'm sorry. I miss you. I love you. And he bit her cheek. And it's just like, he bit down on it. And when she was like, ow, he bit down even harder. And then, you know, she's like, please let go. I said, I'm sorry. He bites down like even a little bit more harder. So it leaves a mark on her face. And shooting out the tire. (laughs) Should I give my political correct answer or be truth? I'm going to be truthful. No, because it's like, if you my woman and I've been searching for you, and I finally get to talk to you, and I tell you don't go nowhere, then you try to run out to the car, and I told you, turn off the car, like, get out the car, you start the car, and you think you're about to put it in reverse, I'm gonna shoot it out too, it's to the point where, you know, you haven't, you're not on the road, so it's just like, she was in no real danger, but that biting her cheek thing, I, I didn't like that, Because it reminded me, I think it's Cape Fear. If you've ever seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. It reminded me of Cape Fear, and I didn't like it. So, yeah, that was overboard to me. Can Caitlyn and Angel's marriage work, or are they bound for destruction? Oh, yeah, because at the end, you know, um, the next book is about Angel and Caitlin and it's starting off with their wedding and I don't think they're bound for destruction but you know it just takes hard work what do you think happened when Trey and Caitlin were in Mexico I believe they like they said they were tying up loose ends probably doing the last few jobs uh, you know, buying some work, selling some work, probably killing off a few people, but somebody was trying to bring them down, you know, somebody was snitching, but luckily, you know, they got word of the snitching, and they managed to wiggle their way out of it, so, you know, they were tying up loose ends that, um, you know, were a little bit too loose, and they got caught up for a second, what oh and you know what here's the thing because I forgot at the end of the book it's like uh what is it prelude to the next book and for thug matrimony snake is alive and he shows up to angel's wedding so it's like what is your reaction when snake showed up I really didn't have a reaction or I would say my reaction is it 
was unnecessary because it's just like Angel has Kaylin now like Snake their relationship was going to eventually be over anyway because it's just like if she's going to be a lawyer you can't be a lawyer being tied to a pimp girl you just can't so what was he showing up for like okay Big Nail didn't actually beat you to death so do Angel, Kira, and Jazz, and Tasha have an unbreakable friendship? I don't, well, I feel a way about that because, like I said, they um they all go through some drama, but they don't really tell each other about it. Like, they just kind of move on their own and deal with it themselves. Then they come back and tell each other years later, you know, like, I went through this, but I got through it on my own so I'm good now and it's just like you don't have to unload everything on your friends but you can let them know like as it's happening so they can offer you support and be with you but you know to each his own so that wraps up book two and the next episode is heading into book three which is Thug Matrimony of Wahida's Wahida's Wahida Clark's Thug series. So come on back and let's see how Kaylin and Angel handle snakes showing up and throwing salt on their wedding day. And this has been day eight of 31 days of podcasting where I read a book and I record a podcast about it. And that will be every day for the month of January. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.